Hey, what's up? This is Dan Fields, and you're listening to Save It For The Show, and this is episode 127. It's your favorite podcast. You just love it, and we love you, where every week we bring you funny, weird, and certainly raw stories of our life and what's going on in this fantastic world of ours, and a bit of a throwback show due to poor planning and some travel. It's a solo show where I, for an hour, very quickly yammer through all sorts of fun things, including all the weird stuff I do in a hotel room, and my family was deathly ill and I had to take care of them. I talk about American Sniper, Fairweather sports fans, some Super Bowl talk, and sports talk in general, which is not too common on this show. I'm, I'm so manly this week. Such a man. God man city and we do some shout outs we get some voicemails it's a fun show and you certainly will enjoy it i know i enjoyed recording it and without further ado here she is Tip Show listeners, this is Eddie. Just wanted to say what's up. Uh, sorry we're not doing an in-studio show today, but I'm sure Dan's got some plenty of stuff to talk about. So, uh, oh, I also have a story about breaking up a fistfight between a homeless guy and another guy accusing him of being a child rapist, which I will save for the next next show. Um, so besides that, Dan, I hope you have a great hotel hand job, and I hope uh, everyone else enjoys the show. Oh, boy. Eddie, you know me too well. So, to Eddie's point, welcome. Hello, this is Dan, and you're listening to episode 127 of Save It For The Show, your favorite podcast that every week talks about raw, weird, and silly episodes from our life and stories. And if you haven't listened to last week's show, stop this one now, period. I'm not saying these are sequential at all, but I think last week's show is one of the best. So if this is the first show you've ever listened to, hit rewind and go to episode 126, because I definitely think that one embodies a lot of what this show is about, especially once Eddie and I get rolling in that one. Boy, it is a doozy. And speaking of Eddie, like his voicemail says, he is not here tonight. This is a solo show. So I fucked up, and this week was Martin Luther King, which Monday was a day off, and typically Eddie and I record the show on Tuesday nights, but I'm in San Francisco right now, sitting in a hotel room, actually staring at myself in a mirror, because hotel rooms love to have mirrors everywhere to make the rooms look bigger, and I don't know, maybe when you're here having sex with your wife or a prostitute, you can look at yourself. Or when you're in the bathroom, I was taking a poo this morning in my hotel room and there's a huge mirror right next to the toilet. Why would I ever want to see myself taking a shit? When you're taking a poop, you are in your most vulnerable, weird, gross state and I was going to take a shower, so I was naked. So not only was I normally, you know, you take a poop, you have on clothes, so you're not at your worst you have a shirt on, your pants are around your ankles. I was fully nude. And I looked at myself in the mirror and thought, my God, no, I don't want to see that. That's my own body. 
And I said, no, thank you. So thank you, designers and creators of hotel rooms, for making people that stay in your hotels feel gross about themselves. Unless, like I said, maybe you're in the bathroom just railing some little lady or fella, and you want to get a great shot like that super funny scene in American Psycho where he's having sex with the girl and he smiles at himself in the mirror. So anyways, Eddie's not here. I made a mistake. And normally when I know I'm traveling, Eddie and I will record the show on a Monday night. However, it was a holiday and this last weekend was brutal. Everyone in my family was sick and I'm talking blowing out both ends, like sitting on the toilet, shitting and puking in a bucket. I mean, does, is there anything worse than that when it comes to the toilet other than being in a hotel room and staring at yourself? Everyone in my poor family, my poor children were puking. My baby, my 10-month-old baby was vomiting. And a 10-month-old, you can't explain. You can't say, I'm sorry, honey, you have the stomach flu and it's going to be okay. I need you to drink this Gatorade and eat these saltine crackers and you're going to be okay. Take this Pepto-Bismol. She threw up and she threw up out of her mouth and her nose. Like at once it poured out of her mouth and her nose like it was a triple trident of white breast milk barfy phlegm awfulness. And I felt so bad, just so so bad for the poor little lass. So it was a long weekend and my family was sick and so was Eddie's. Everybody had this stomach flu. And so I spent the entire weekend taking care of everybody because it was the zombie apocalypse and I was the only one with the cure. I felt great. And somehow I mustered the strength to take care of everyone. So it was a long weekend and I wasn't in my normal headspace. And so when this week started, and last night I was packing a bag for my trip out here, I thought to myself, holy shit, I'm going to be gone this week, and Eddie and I can't do a show. And so I threw a microphone in my suitcase, and here I am. It's late, and I just had a full day of talking and glad-handing or pressing the flesh, as I mentioned in a man, an old episode. I used to think, quote-unquote, pressing the flesh was a term that people used, meaning to shake hands. However, it's really not. It's an old-timey thing. The people who say press the flesh also call root beer sarsaparilla. And I would say to people, women too, hey, I'm going to the city to press the flesh. And I think they thought I meant to bang whores. Like, why would I ever tell another person on earth, other than my best friend, that I was going somewhere to bang whores? So clearly I wasn't because I I don't have that in me, not yet. I haven't met that point in my life where I've thrown it all away and I'm gonna step out on my wife with a whore. Actually, there's a whore here in my hotel room. Say hello, Sheila. Sheila, she's from Australia, apparently. No, not there yet. So anyways, everyone was sick and here I am and I'm in my hotel room doing a solo show. So I hope you like a solo show where I do my best to make you laugh, and I don't have Eddie here to laugh with me and provide a break from my voice. And so I actually today met in real life one of a SIF show fan who is fantastic. His name's Sebastian, so super shout out to him. And he gave me a hard time about when I don't have Eddie on the show. One time I played a clip of Eddie laughing, 
and then he made him wonder if Eddie was even real, if Eddie exists, and he does, and he will be noticeably absent from this show. So miss you, my friend, and look forward to having you back next week. What else did you talk about in your voicemail? Thanks for sending that in, by the way. And by the way, if anyone else wants to send a voicemail, you can certainly go to saveitfortheshow.com. The voicemail is up there. And if you're sitting in your pickup truck right now or at your desk and you would like to write it down, you can call in as well and leave us a sweet-ass voicemail at 641-715-3900, extension 222-719-POUND. Do it. I'll play it on the air. We don't get too many voicemails, so the chances of you getting on the air for doing that, pretty high. You know, we do get a lot of emails, and I can't always get to those, so that's a hit or a miss, but I still think if you send a good email in, you can count on it getting on. However, if you do send in a voicemail, I'd say you have a 95% chance of it getting on, so do that. And what else did Eddie say? Okay, so there's a homeless fight about a child rapist. Can't wait to hear that. Thank you for saving that for next week's show. And he's also right. I will definitely self-abuse myself. I've talked a lot about how, as a married man, when I business travel and I'm in a new hotel room, you know, when you're married and madly in love like I am with my wife, which I am, I just, she's everything to me. And this is not uh, bullshit that I'm saying, especially because I know she listens to the show. If you're listening, babe, love you to death. But when, as a married man, you don't have opportunities to solo spice it up. Normally when I'm at my house, and if I self-indulge in some time alone, if you catch my drift, it's frenzied and quick, and I'm always worried that over my shoulder, one of my kids is going to you know, come in the bathroom or wherever I happen to be doing it, any dark corner. Any dark, musty, damp corner in my house where I can bend over for 30 seconds is typically where I do it. And I'm terribly worried the entire time that I could, might will miss the pitter-patter of feet. And if they come in and see me doing that, that's the day my children lose their innocence. I think if my children saw me murdering a human or killing a small animal, those are things that are within their brain, right? They play video games where even if it's a pixel game with no blood, the notion of killing things is in their head. The notion of a man rubbing his wee-wee, no, that is not something within their mind space. So I would rather my kids walk in on me, you know, crushing the skull of a hobo than seeing dad, you know, cranking down. So needless to say, when I'm at the home, Cranking down doesn't happen too often, and when it does, it's not this luxurious, you know, I'm laying petals out on my bed when I take care of Dan Jr. So when I'm in a hotel room alone, business traveling, there's nobody that's going to bust in. You know, maybe there's a homeless person living under my bed that's somehow gotten through every time a maid has come through here. Maybe it's a maid. Maybe there's a maid living under my bed who might see me doing this, but I doubt it. So like to Eddie's point, I'm, I'm sure I will be at some point, you know, taking the the pink motorcycle for a ride. I don't know. <laughs> Anyhow, let's, let's move on from that. So everyone was sick, and it was a terrible weekend, and it did make me think about being sick. 
And everyone was so sick that I was the only one. And I had to really, literally, you know, I went to the store. I went to the store twice. I went to the pharmacy. I did all this stuff. And I was happy to do it. You know, I love my family to death and I love taking care of them. But a little bit towards the end, I, I have to admit, I got jealous. And anyone else who's felt this feeling, I, I hope you agree, where when one of your significant others is jealous, I'm sorry, sick, and you see them, you know, my wife there were, and my sons were in bed all day watching shows, playing on the iPad, playing video games. And in a weird way, I thought to myself, damn, that sounds great. I mean, I can't tell you the last time I spent 12 hours just watching TV, doing shit, just doing absolutely nothing. So at a very shallow, superficial level, towards the end of the day, I thought to myself, boy, wouldn't it be nice to be sick? Well, you know, what if I just got a little bit of this stomach bug and, you know, my wife would have to take care of me. I love attention like that from my wife. I adore it when she fawns over me or makes me soup, you know, or, or does something like that. Now that I have this funny beard, which I'm starting to like more and more, whenever my wife trims it up or cuts my, you know, mustache hairs so they don't creep into my mouth like a, a goddamn weird dog, I love it. And speaking of ASMR that I talked about last week, that definitely sets my ASMR off when my wife is, you know, dragging a a scissor across my lip. I can only imagine if I got a real straight shave from a stranger. I'm sure that would blow my tingles and my AS. It'd blow my tingles all over the place. So anyways, I started to think to myself, hey, you know what, self? It might be kind of nice to be sick. And I think that's one of those thoughts that in theory sounds kind of fun until you are sick. And you forget. You forget how achy and gross and ugh. I mean, playing video games isn't fun when you're sick because you're sick and you just want to lay there like a lumpy piece of shit. You can't eat crackers. You can't drink Gatorade. All these things that sound fun. Great. That sounds like a blast right now because I feel super and I'm ready to rock. But when you're sick, it's it's a no good. But I guess that's just everything in life. Am I right? That's everything in life. So it was a long, long weekend. And then there was a three-day weekend. So in a way, it was good that we could spend three full days recovering and then just, you know, start the week off. But I made a huge mistake. I will never business travel the day after a three-day weekend because it was almost like two Mondays in a way. And now it's Wednesday or Tuesday. I can hardly tell what friggin' day it is. And it, it's it's blown my mind. It's, it's a pain in the ass. So I took the train in this morning and I've talked at length about my train adventures, like I'm some mysterious, you know, uh, on the Swiss Alps, like I'm a, I'm a criminal or some fancy boy taking the train. And I, I did something on the train today, which was awful. I had to take a poop. And it's funny, now that I do this show, and I'm like kind of always, I don't know, I don't want to say looking for content or trying to make content happen. I thought to myself, man, I, I really got to go to the bathroom. And oh, God, I, I can't hold it in. Like I have to take a crap on this goddamn train. And I thought to myself, it'd be really funny if I went down to the bathroom and something happened, right? Maybe something will happen, something funny that I can take and spin and use for the show, and nothing happened. It was very uneventful. I went down. I took an uneventful poop. It was even a clean break, which if you're like me, a clean break is a bit of a mini victory 
in your life. Not to say I typically have gross, weird, wet, nasty poo-poos. Not at all. But I don't have clean breaks very often. I don't think most people do, right? I don't know. If you have a clean break every time, email me your diet because that's what I want. That would be uh, nirvana for me. Maybe two out of 10. Oh, this is gross. This is disgusting. I'm moving on. This is the first show you've ever listened to. You're probably disgusted and and grossed out at this point. But one thing that happened to me funny on the train was there was kids on the train. And after a weekend of my kids being sick, I was feeling very close to them and very just in love with them. And it kind of broke my heart to have to leave them after being sick. And they're finally on the mend. And there were babies on the train crying and it's funny it I'm not that typically sentimental of a dad but hearing these kids cry on the train I did that move I said to myself oh you know that like oh well there's a baby on the train and then I saw other people like annoyed that there were kids sort of crying on the train or went through a tunnel and the kids said oh wow we're going through a tunnel and I thought that was so cool but then all the older mean adults were annoyed by these kids on the train and I wanted to say to them who sucked the joy out of your life you know at what point did someone come through and and shit on your life that you had to be angry at the joy in other people's lives so fuck you if you're the kind of person that's on an airplane I think a lot of people go on an airplane and they get mad when kids cry on the airplane and if you really think through your thought process at why you're mad at a toddler or a newborn for crying on an airplane, you're an absolute piece of shit. I mean, you are seriously Hitler level of naughtiness because it's a baby. You cannot explain to a baby why they're on this noisy, cramped, weird tube that they just had to wait in line after line. Everything's changed. It's super pressurized. You know, they can't exactly pop their ears or chew a piece of gum to equalize the pressure in their heads. Their, their heads are probably pounding. They're scared. And they're going to cry because that's what babies do. And if you can't handle it, then don't fly. You know, that's on you to not have to deal with that. It's not on a person to not bring their kid on a plane for the fear of making someone uncomfortable. That's that's what drives me crazy these days. It seems like comedians can't talk about funny things that are slightly taboo because it makes somebody mad, somebody gets upset. I read this great, great quote. I, I should have written it down. and something about it's a sad society where we take comedians seriously and think of politicians as jokes. And that's frankly where we're at these days. I think over the weekend, Seth Rogen tweeted about American Sniper, which I, I really want to see, you know, as like a, a guy that likes war movies, I want to see it. I, I like snipers too. And if that makes me bad, then I guess I'm bad. I mean, I, I love video games. And, I, and I'm stressing that video games that glamorize sniping. You know, whenever I used to play Call of Duty or Battlefield or any of these games, when you get to a sniper level, meaning you're way in the back and there's like a dignitary and you need to like assassinate him, those are the most fun levels. Or Hitman, if anyone played Hitman, uh, I guess I shouldn't say back in the day, I think they still make those. Anyways, it's very glamorized, the notion of sniping in video games. So as a movie, it seemed really cool, and I really wanted to see it. 
And come to find out, it's been politicized as if you like the movie, you're Republican and conservative and probably Christian. And if you have anything bad to say about the movie, that it's over the top or like ultra patriotic and weird, then you're a dirty liberal piece of shit who hates freedom and hates the troops, which is crazy. You cannot at this, you can't criticize the movie without people saying that you're anti-troops. And that's scary. I mean, the thing is that all these pro-military and pro-God people are screaming about, that they hate the fundamentalists and fanatics of Islam and that are doing all these awful things, they're doing the same thing. They're looking crazy as hell that they are mad that people are criticizing a movie, which is what they're raging against that people in the Middle East are doing. I mean, it's, it's nuts. I mean, how could they not be so self-aware to see that the thing they hate so much in these quote-unquote savages, they are doing here in America? So Seth Rogen just did some dumb tweet because he's a comedian. He is a comedian. He's not the president. He's not on CNN. He's a guy. He's a stoner dude who's no different from you and I. And he tweeted something about it looking similar to Inglorious Bastards. And people went crazy. And they said that he was a piece of shit. And then, you know, Michael Moore. And oh, my God. I mean, look, find a story about it. But it's just it's just kind of sad that, A, the movie, is. I'm sure it's great. And, you know, Clint Eastwood's the director. And didn't he? I mean, he's like super Republican and conservative. So, of course, he has the right to make a movie that has his views. I mean, on the other hand, he could make a movie that's crazy pro-military and pro-gun. Because guess what? That's his right to. All right, whatever. Let's move on from that. So I'm not even sure where I was going with that. I was on the train and I heard a kid cry and and then and here we Oh yeah, that's right. People getting pissed off about being uncomfortable or angry or put out of place. So the kind of people that get pissed off on a train when they hear a baby are probably the same kind of people that are really upset at Seth Rogen and I don't know, it's it's madness, this world we live in. The other thing that's that really made me upset lately is the Super Bowl. So the Seattle Seahawks are now in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. And Eddie and I talked about this last year, how the Seahawks beat the, maybe it was the 49ers, I don't remember, but they beat a team to get to the Super Bowl. And Richard Sherman, who's the outspoken cornerback on the Seahawks, he, he went off. You know, he just... He, he did something amazing. He had a full game where he went all out. And on camera, he talked some shit about somebody. And boom, it was front page news that he was, you know, as like a black person in America, when you're on TV and you do something like that, immediately every asshole on Facebook was saying, oh, look at this thug. Look at this thug. Thug is like a, a an under the radar way for a fat white idiot on Facebook to essentially say the N-word. It's like sometimes when I'm really mad at my kids and I'm having an argument with them and I say, oh, come on, buddy. Listen, buddy. Yeah, don't do that, buddy. The same buddy is a nice way of me saying asshole or piece of shit. And saying a black person is a thug or ghetto is a safe, but not really safe. I mean, come on, you're not fooling anybody, you Facebook asshole, when you call Richard Sherman, a thug. We know what you really want to be calling him. So anyways, that made the news. 
and people were going crazy. And even though the guy went to Stanford and he's pretty amazing, and I'm not even a big Seahawks fan, but it's hard not to like the guy. He's clearly an amazing athlete. He does a shitload of charity. And people hate the Seahawks probably for the same reason they hate any team that does great and has a bit of swagger to them. But people, what I wanted to say was this notion of being on a bandwagon. So in sports, when a team is doing good, certainly people come out of the woodwork and root for them. Because why not? You know, why don't people want to vote or want to yell or want to cheer for the team that's on top? And at this point, too, there's two teams left. So it's either I stop rooting for somebody or maybe, just maybe, and I know this is really hard for people to understand, you know, I don't really have a sports team. I live in Northern California. I grew up in Las Vegas. So who am I supposed to identify with? You know, my dad and my kind of my entire family, we're not like a sports family. I don't have cousins in Chicago who I visited and took me to a Bears game. So I'm a diehard Bears fan. I don't have any of that. I have no feelings towards any teams except for where I live now. So I live in Northern California now, which means I like the 49ers. I obviously like the Giants, but I also like the Kings and I like, I like the A's too. And I like the Raiders and I like the Golden State Warriors. I mean, I just kind of like everyone around me. And guess what? That doesn't make me a Fairweather fan. It doesn't make me a bandwagon jumper. It just makes me a normal person who likes this shit around me. And maybe I'm not so diehard and crazy for something like guns or the military or anything. I'm just a normal guy who likes what's in and what's fun. And right now, you know what? It's fun to root for a team. And I live on the West Coast. So who am I supposed to root for? You know, I don't have any ties to New England. And where is the Patriots even based out of? The New England Patriots. That's not a a city or a state. I never really thought about that. Where do they practice out of? Maine? Connecticut? Or Rhode Island or some shit? Where, Where is the home base? Uh, Washington, D.C.? That's the Redskins. I don't know. This is probably a stupid question, and if you're a sports fan, you're probably thinking that I'm a real dumbass right now, but I never really thought about where the New England Patriots come out from. And shouldn't that be America's team, the Patriots, not the Cowboys? I guess a Cowboy is a pretty cool American thing, too. Well, whatever. But look, my point is, the thing that drives me the most crazy is how near and dear to your heart you hold your sports team and when other fans want to root for your team why wouldn't you welcome them to the neighborhood you know why wouldn't you be pumped that your team is doing so great that other fans want to join your cause and instead you want to browbeat them and say you fucking fairweather fan where were you you know where were you when we were 0 and 12 i know i was here I had my season tickets. I was in the stadium. You know, these Seahawks fan, uh, we were down against the Packers and they left. And and then we wouldn't let them back in the stadium for overtime. Well, fuck those guys. Well, guess what? You know what? The team was down. And sometimes you want to leave to beat parking because people are weird like that. I'm that kind of guy. I start to get all up in my head like, oh, shit, I don't want to wait in line. I've got kids. I got to get home. Tomorrow is work. I need to leave. The team is losing. You know what? I'm going to leave. Fuck it. You know what, though? (laughs) 
in a game like that, like such a huge championship game, you should probably stick it out. It wasn't like a regular season game. So maybe maybe a little bit of shame on those people for leaving. But what you shouldn't be ashamed of is if maybe in the back of your head you kind of liked them, and now that they're in the Super Bowl, you want to, you know, pick it up a little bit. You want to get a little more vocal about your love for the team. That's okay. And why, if you're a diehard Seahawks fan and you've always been that, why would you be mad that somebody wants to pick up your banner and yell alongside with you? So, I don't know. If you're the kind of person that gets mad about that, maybe just calm down a little bit and, and don't be such a, a nutty ball, nutty ball person. So I'm in a hotel room, and I kind of thought to myself that I would do a mini bar review, but I, I, I don't want to. And, and maybe that's lame. I, I looked through the mini bar. There's nothing fun here in this mini bar. It's like pretzels, which you know I love. But I just don't feel like it. And there's Skittles, which what kind of grown person wants to eat Skittles at 11 p.m. at night? That's not an indulgent flavor that I want to go to bed with a bag of Skittles sitting in my belly. You know, I'm I'm 33 and I'm going to be, excuse me, I'm going to be 34 next month. But I still have this weird notion and I don't think I'm alone in this. I have this weird notion in my head. I never took a physiology or study of the body class in high school, so it's not an ingrained notion in me, but I know I put food in my mouth and I chew it and it goes in my belly, but I almost feel like when the food goes in my mouth, it disappears. It's like flushing it down the toilet and then a day later, it comes out as brown goo and not that if I ate a bag of Skittles right now at 11 p.m. on a Tuesday night that it would just be sitting in my belly, all that sugar and shit and dye and weirdness. And who knows how long these Skittles have been sitting here. I mean, who comes to a mini bar in a hotel and spends $8 on a bag of Skittles? You got to be some kind of animal where you just need fucking Skittles right now. I could see somebody dying to have a mini bottle of vodka because they're partying and they get up to their room or a beer or, like I was saying, and maybe this is me, a piece of chocolate. I think last show, maybe I had a Snickers bar or something, but there's no indulgent chocolate here. I'm not feeling like a savory pretzel or, I don't know, there's like fucking corn nuts or something. And there's condoms. There's condoms in the mini bar, which is pretty funny because I, I, those are really only for whores. Like I said, it's built for prostitutes. Nobody comes to a hotel with their wife or significant other. Maybe you forgot condoms and you would pull out. I don't know. Or maybe your gal's on the pill and you don't care, so you're just you know ripping them off inside of her anyways. But I have a feeling a prostitute carries condoms, probably a lot of condoms. I need to have someone on the show that's banged some whores. I've always really – I want to break that down. I want to know – more about it. Maybe I could have a prostitute on the show. Would that be interesting? I should stop saying horse. I'm saying it almost like a, a colloquial term or some sort of like Sopranos throwback. But is that sort of, I don't know, mean to a prostitute? Or they're already a prostitute. So calling them a whore isn't exactly a, a bad thing. You know, that they deserve respect too. They're still humans and they're still doing work for an honest dollar. Okay, let's move on from that. 
before we get too crazy here, let's let's keep it a short show before I, I run out of gas because I'm I'm talking up a blue streak here. I do have a tasty vodka soda, which I can give you a review of that here. I'll take a sip of it. You hear the ice jingling? Is it bringing you into the show? I I read a note about that where. Mm-hmm. When you hear noises on a podcast, does it bring you in? I know when I listen to Serial, since I really don't listen to any other podcasts, and that's no bullshit. I, I, I literally don't listen to any podcasts. And when when the woman would be walking through the forest and I would hear her footsteps, I thought that was nice. So here, let me, there's the ice, and there's some limes in there, and you know what? Mm-hmm. This is a fantastic vodka soda, and it's really hitting the spot. So there's my review for that. I give it four hotel room keys out of five because it's it's hitting the spot. So as we move on through the show, I wanted to give some shout outs. You know, I, like I said, I already gave a shout out to Sebastian, which is pretty awesome that I came to San Francisco and I've sort of become uh, friends with him via the show. And it was nice to meet him in person. You know, everyone that I typically meet about the show that listens to the show, they are already friends of mine or friends of my family. And he's a straight up stranger that I got to meet in real life. And it was very cool to do that. So major shout out to him. And I wanted to give a shout out to a website that has in a way, I guess, picked up Save It For The Show or we're on their network of sorts. There's actually two of them. And one in particular is called lifeofdad.com. So I, I made some jokes about this, gosh, I don't know, 40 podcasts ago, wondering about the direction of the show. And since I feel like, and I, and I do feel this way, that part of the reason the show hasn't caught on is because it's very hard to describe. Even when a friend of mine will ask me about the show, it's difficult to describe. I can't say, well, it's a podcast about The Walking Dead. Boom. That's easy to describe and it's done. Or it's a video game podcast. That's very easy to describe. But hey, it's a comedy podcast about this guy and he's a dad, but it's not just about his kids and it's it's pretty lewd, but it's funny and it's relatable. And yeah, he says the things in, in my head that I, I wish I could say and no, oh, it's great and Eddie's awesome and whatever. That doesn't sound good. You know, nobody wants to listen to that podcast. It sounds like every other shitbird podcast out there that sucks. And there are a lot of them out there. So I thought at one point, you know what, maybe I should just focus on dad shit. But fuck that. Being a dad is only part of who I am. And that sounds really boring. But however, at the time, I reached out to them, or I don't remember how that came to be. But whatever. They sort of quote unquote picked up the show. They put it on their network. And a lot of people listen to it via their website. So if you're a fan of the show or you came to us via www.lifeofdad.com, major shout out to you. Thank you so much for listening. It means a lot because, God damn it, dads are people too. And we deserve, I don't know, to laugh at shit. <laughs> uh, and the other place that picked up the show is a website called Wildfire Radio, which is a bit more of a straight-up radio channel, and they play the show, I think, like every Wednesday or something, uh, but it's a little different, and it's kind of, I don't want to say weird, but it's a whole different makeup, and either way, it's awesome, and that means more people are hearing the show, 
which is what we all want. So thank you to them as well. And finally, well, not finally, uh, real quick, uh, I I wanted to read a tweet from somebody who is always retweeting my tweets and favoriting them and is very cool. His name is at Azirbot, which I thought was a robot at first because bot is in his name, but he's a real person. And he sent me a nice tweet that said, at Dan the Beast, which is who I am on Twitter, I need more of your podcast. I miss listening to a new one every morning. Hashtag podcast probs. On the bright side, I'm all caught up. So major shout out to you at Azirbot. And thank you for digging in the archives and going back. I mean, that's amazing to me that you went back and listened to two years of these shows and all that good stuff. So super shout out to you. Much, much appreciated. So final shout out, and then we can move on, is to a good buddy of mine. Now is a good buddy. His name is Brian, and he's been working with me on a new logo and soon-to-be shirt and all that good stuff. And I just wanted to give him a major shout out. And he's a great artist, and he sells his own prints and shirts and he's got his own website on squarespace naturally offer code save it 10 percent. blah 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 it's a fucking i don't care you know what squarespace can no you know what i want to bite the hand that feeds me but you know what they've left the program and even though my offer code is still valid i i don't get the same dividends that i used to get from them so if you need a squarespace do it but whatever. I'm, I'm a little sad. They, they made their demands crazy now. They only sponsor shows. They get 25,000 downloads per episode. And that's crazy. That's like 5% of podcasts or something. Whatever. So maybe one day I'll be back. You know what? Not maybe. Yes. They will come back to me. And we will have a lot. And my listeners, thank you. You will get us there. So anyways, Brian's amazing. And his website is Brian Michael Gossett, and that's you know Brian Michael. Boy, this is a tough. This is a tough URL, Brian, because Brian can be spelled multiple ways: B R I A N Michael, and then Gossett is G O S S E T T dot com. So check him out. I don't know if you're in the industry or you ever need a real illustrator. He's badass, and he sells prints and all of his own stuff. So check him out. But right now, him and I are working through a new logo which I adore and is going to be great. And that will move its way to a t-shirt. So the wheels are in motion. And other than before, uh, Brian's a fan. And that means a lot because he's actually really into it and he's pumped to be working on it. So super shout out to you, Brian. Thank you again so much for doing that. And we did get a couple emails. Let me, let me read these emails real quick. Let's see here. Okay, here we go. Hey, Dan. The photo of your wife breastfeeding has been going around the office, and let me tell you, I've blown at least three ball snot rockets while looking at it. Three thumbs up. So whoever wrote this in is a friend of mine and my wife's. It's probably Mike Bodge, that shithead. And my wife did post a picture of herself breastfeeding. And I think I talked about this at length. And I did want to read this question because I still can't believe how silly it is that people think breastfeeding is weird or gross. And and my wife was at the hospital the other day because maybe the baby needed a flu shot or something. And she was breastfeeding in the hospital, okay, a place that is a place of safety 
and a place where you're vulnerable. And she was sitting there breastfeeding and she was just exhausted. The baby was crying. And, you know, she was just sitting kind of in a corner, keeping to herself. She wasn't flaunting it. She didn't have her both tits out. She was being to herself, breastfeeding the baby. And it was around the holidays. And wait a second. Did she share this story when she was on the show? No, I don't think so. Well, fuck it. I'll tell it again anyways. So she was feeding the baby and an old man walked by and kind of got eye contact with her and then quickly looked away. Because if a woman does have her breast out, you know, as a person, as a human, you may glance over it, but then you want to quickly look away because you don't want to be gross. So he did that. He looked away and he kept walking and he got about five steps away from her and he stopped. And then he turned around and he came walking back to her. And my wife thought to herself, oh, great, here we go. Here comes some old conservative shithead to tell me that I shouldn't be feeding my baby. And my wife, I think, as many women do who breastfeed, kind of has to be a little bit on the defensive because they read stories and they see other women that get harassed or told to go to the bathroom because who wants to feed a baby in a disgusting bathroom? So she's a little bit on the defensive and she thought to herself, great, here we go. And the man walked back and looked at her and said, you know, I just want to tell you that what you're doing is beautiful and you look like the Virgin Mary breastfeeding baby Jesus. And my wife, you know, cried. She got tears in her eyes because it was so sweet. So this person, this rude person who's trying to sexualize breastfeeding and saying that they jerked off, not once, not twice, but three times, you jerked off three times to my baby eating food off my wife's breast, you should be ashamed of yourself. And I hope that they were not good orgasms or ball rockets, not ball rockets or whatever you said. How dare you? You're disgusting. Mike Bodge. I'm sure it's you, you dirt ball. And if it's not, then great. Whoever else you are, you're funny. So, all right, here's another question or comment that someone said in. Hi, guys. Just listened to your last show of 2014. Heard your comments about items getting shipped to the wrong address and whatnot. I came across a website not too long ago that I truly think you guys will appreciate. Take a look at shipadick.com. You're welcome. Well, shipadick.com is a pretty great website. I did check it out, and it's really funny. It's the notion of, let's say there's a person that you want, that maybe you don't like, but you also, you know, it costs money to send them this, like 10 bucks, and you send them a huge cardboard dick, and it can say, hey, fuck you, you're a bad boss, or hey, shithead, you're a piece of shit. Now, the point is you have their address, so you must be kind of friendly with them, but I think it's a bit of a novelty gift and kind of funny. But this person is right. This that's could be pretty amazing if you did want to, quote-unquote, ship a dick to somebody that you didn't like too much. So, all right, well, that's it for questions. And we did get a few voicemails this week. So let me load these up, and here we go. Hi, everybody. It's me, Manny Pacquiao, 8th edition uh, world champion boxing. I know I sound a lot like... Uh, Eddie's dad, Eddie Senior, but he's a friend of mine, and you know we all sound alike because that's just a joke I make. But anyways, I just want to say that I like listening to the show. It's very funny, even though you guys talk about a lot of dirty things and you cuss a lot. It's okay because God loves you. God loves everybody. He forgives everyone. 
So, I just want to say to everyone, God bless. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for supporting me in my career. And everybody have a great time. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Manny Pacquiao. Wow, that's a huge get. I mean, I, I can't imagine that Annie, Annie, Manny Pacquiao is calling into any podcast on the web. So, big shout out to Manny. I wonder if he's going to be fighting... Uh, the fuck is that guy he's gonna be fighting ray oh god boy i'm just really showing my true sports colors here today i'm i'm drawing a blank right now mayweather hello mayweather of course i you know it's not like mayweather's calling in. i'm not on team money team is that what it is i saw somebody at school the other day my kid's school they had a minivan with a huge wraparound team money is that what tmt stands for whatever but it was a minivan it was like a toyota sienna or something wrapped with the team money team and i thought to myself damn uh tmt goes uh deep and is this person associated with, with uh, mayweather so either way yes and he loves god pacquiao loves God and God forgives and Pacquiao loves you for his career and all you do to support him. Uh, here we go. We, we got another voicemail here. Let me play it. Hey, dude, it's me. Long time listener. First time caller. Just calling to say you guys make me laugh wicked hard. You guys are wicked retarded, but in the best way possible. So from Boston, we're sending you love. Yeah. Clam chowder. <laughs> wow. We got our first very first, first time, long time. Never has anyone called in the show and used that iconic phrase to describe themselves as a listener. So major thanks out to you, uh, my friend, for, for sending in. In the East Coast, you know, I knew the show was coast to coast, and I knew the show was international. So I appreciate that. And if you are somebody that lives somewhere else, that would be cool. Maybe if you live in Germany or London or something, there's a listener from London that also listens to the Walking Dead podcast. Uh, what's her name? It's like Cute Poison or something. She told me she was going to send us in a voicemail, and you never did. So if you listen to this show, Cute Poison, uh, please send us in a voicemail. I'd like to hear another accent on the show. So let's. Uh, I think we got one more here. Let me cue it up. And then we'll uh, be on our way. Hey, guys. It's me, Scarface, back in the place to be, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just giving a shout-out to my boy, Dan. Uh, also, Eddie. Um, I heard Dan is uh, <laughs> in the Bay Area. So, Dan, if you want to give me a call, you know, I got a warm bed and a warm butthole for you here at Sausalito. So oh. go ahead and hit me up, man. Let's hang out. Peace. <laughs> oh, man. I, I was hoping Scarface would be on the show again soon. And, of course, he doesn't disappoint a warm bed, and I think he said a warm butthole, which is very Scarface to to slip in, you know, maybe what he's really thinking. Uh, you know, I'm tired. I'm super tired. Scarf, uh, maybe next time I'll give you a buzz and, and we can hang out, but you're going to have to give me a rain check on that bed and on that booty. But I do appreciate the voicemail, and like I said at the top of the show, if you're a person that enjoys the show, certainly call and leave us a voicemail of your own. You can also send us emails at saveitfortheshow 
at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at siftshow.com. And I know I haven't said this in a while, but if you're new to the show, leave us a review. You know, go to iTunes and search for Save It For The Show. We have like 75 reviews at some point, so maybe our new goal should be 100. Maybe once we get 100 reviews and our new logo, that will be the tipping point of this boat. The ship will tip over and instead of being one of 400 listeners of the show, you will be one of 4,000. And you will be in good company. And before you know it, we'll have a SIFT show convention. And, oh, God, no, never. <laughs> I never say never, right? Okay, well, let's wrap it up. So it's been a solo show, and I appreciate you for listening. I appreciate your support very much. It's episode 127 of Save It For The Show. I'm Dan Fields, and we will see you next week. <laughs>